This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 12. Hey guys, I'm Janelle Reisner, a certified fitness instructor and personal trainer, an entrepreneurial badass, and a recovering sugar addict. Hello, I'm Rachel Bilotti. I am a life and mindset coach, a free-spirited entrepreneur, a road trip junkie, and unicorns are my spirit animal. We are the hosts of the True North Collective podcast. Hey Janelle, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Rachel? I'm good. I'm. I've had a really productive last few months, so I feel like my body is catching up with me. <laughs> Tired or just yeah. yeah, yeah, in in a good way. Yeah, That's good though. I've just been I've been facilitating a lot of things. Yeah, I'm launching Unstuck. Um, it, well, not launching. It's slowly been coming to life, but um, my own life coaching business, and so that is like pretty much 90% done. My website um, is going to be ready in the next few weeks and it feels really, really good. So yeah. I'm so, so my proud body's just and excited up. for you. I can't wait Thanks. until I know, me too. up and running. Yeah. I'm like the complete yeah, opposite. I feel like I've just been chilling and now I'm ramping back up, which is good too. It's good. I know. It is yeah. a good thing. So it little, is really good. A little bit different. I feel like I have energy that I can <laughs> expend into the world now, but I'm trying to be cautious in not taking on too much, like being very mindful in everything that I'm trying to do right now. Because I have yeah. the energy, but I'm like, don't don't sign yourself up or commit yourself to all these things just to realize that you're just going to be constantly draining yourself again because you signed up for too much. So I'm like, <laughs> hold I yourself know. back. <laughs> I know that one. It has that watch that you got been helping you to just like monitor, okay, too much today. I need to just chill. Yeah, it's been interesting. It It's mostly based off of your heart rates, really. Those are the like true metrics that a watch like that can actually look into. So it is interesting because it's mostly based off of cardiovascular output then. And if I do like a strength workout, it does, I mean, it does match it because obviously your heart rate goes out, but it's not necessarily, it doesn't factor in like your soreness level. Because some days it'll say that I have really high recovery, but I'm like, my body feels like garbage in the sense that my muscles are sore. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but other than that, I really like it. And it, it is interesting because there are days where I don't even work out and my strain will be really high. And I'm like, I didn't work out today. Mm. So it does just like factor in, I think, like between your recovery and just all the things you're doing. And if you're walking around, which is eye opening, too, because sometimes I'm like, man, I didn't even yeah. do anything today, hardly. And I'm like, but you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be cool to see how that technology evolves. And mm-hmm. how, I mean, even in life, too, you know, technology has exponentially changed the way that we do things from an efficiency standpoint and how just the human element will become reintegrated into those tech, you know, advances will be really cool to see how that um, happens over the next several, several years, I think. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. It does like it'll ask you for qualitative data, like it'll say, how are you feeling today? Are you 
like so sore it hurts, like really sore, kind of sore, not sore at all. So you have those metrics that you can track, but it's just not necessarily getting factored in to your like daily strain, which I feel like they could figure out a formula to factor it in if you're putting that data in and you're inputting it yourself, or maybe they do and I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you've had a lot going on. I mean, how is your recovery from that car accident? Or I don't know what you'd even call it. (laughs) I know. What happened? I'm like, I got hit by a car. (laughs) It's so crazy, dude. Yeah. Yes. Uh, No, it's good. A couple, like, to back up. I was on a work trip in Atlanta, and I was walking on the sidewalk, heading to work, and a drunk driver drove up on the sidewalk and hit me, so that was fun. That is one of the reasons why I have been a little bit more chill lately, recovering from that, but I'm starting to ramp back up. Like I'm feeling good. I feel like, because I had a concussion that was pretty bad for a while, Like all those symptoms seem to be kind of subsiding now. I had a really beat up um, bruised rib cage and that's fine now and then I have uh, kind of like an injury to my spine that I think is doing okay I technically never saw anyone yet afterwards because healthcare systems are not great but I have an appointment in two weeks which was like two months okay, after the fact I'll get that checked out and I'm sure they'll tell me I'm fine but well, I'm yeah. proud of you for resting, Janelle, because I remember earlier this year when we were all still in Milwaukee, <laughs> uh-huh. you set the intention to be more chill. And yes. so sometimes the universe forces that. Not that you, you know, tried to get a car to hit you, but <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of you for resting. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'm just like, mm-hmm. like I said, taking it easy, kind of enjoying uh, just working almost 40 hours a week every week sometimes more but like I, I hover right around like between the 40 and 45 which is refreshing <laughs> like what yeah, is that? No what kidding. is this life what do I do with all this time I'm not doing much with it either <laughs> I'm sleeping a lot which I like like getting solid going to bed real early I've been um for work I've been teaching classes to the UK and Atlanta virtually so I've been waking up really early because I start the class at 5 45 a.m my time so I've just been going mm-hmm. to bed at like eight o'clock at night and it's been beautiful <laughs> I'm like it's fine. are you on video with those I'm actually not which is nice it is audio yeah cool yeah should we introduce our guests though yeah let's do it so I'm very excited. We are introducing our guests today, and we have been trying to make this happen for months, but life has been happening to all of us. But I'm excited to introduce our friend, our past client, fellow Milwaukeean at some point, and just a two, true inspiration. Um, also, Outside of that, she is a very prominent and successful executive in the hotel industry. So welcome to the True North Collective podcast, Andrea Foster. Hello, Janelle and Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to share, I just admire both of you for being so aware of taking care of yourself. I mean, Mm. just all the conversations we've had and certainly we're even though we're in different locations now, which I'm sad about. And so instead of all being here in Milwaukee, um, 
you know, I, I follow everything that you're up to and see everything that's happening in your life. And I'm just so glad that you are putting yourselves first. And sometimes when you're not, that you're aware of the importance of it and, and make the shift. So I applaud you both. And it's great to be with you. Thanks, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start? We'll get to know you a little bit more. Rachel and I know you from our time in Milwaukee. But why don't you tell everyone else just a little bit about yourself, who you are, and we'll dive into your story throughout the podcast today. That sounds great. Thank you again. Um, well, I live in Milwaukee, as we, we all just shared. Um, I grew up in Maine, and I've lived really all over the country, um, East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, and now in the Midwest. And it was a career opportunity that moved me here three years ago, and I'm thrilled um, thrilled to be here and to have met you both in that process. Um, and I... And single with no children, um, I live a very full life. Uh, I know we've chatted about this before. I hate the word busy. I retired it a few months ago and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just decided that it just, it has such a negative connotation. I don't think it's a badge of honor. I think it's about living a full life. So um, I travel a lot for both work and for pleasure when I can fit that in. Um, And then just have a lot of commitments, both professionally and personally, that are really very fulfilling. Um, so that's a little bit of, uh, of the background and, um, yeah. Andrea, I have a question for you. Um, how do you think that you got to a place of fullness in your life and about when did that start to shift for you? Or did you notice that like, this is important for me to have fullness in my life? Absolutely. That's a great question. I've always lived out loud. I'm an expressive person. I'm a people person. I love engaging with people, interacting with people, and tend to be, you know, a person who, you know, wakes up with a smile on my face. Um, so I think that I've always been open, but mm. you know, it's interesting where sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, and where I really saw a big shift into fullness was at the very end of 2016. I had a shall we say, um, a life perspective shift, a really Mm. significant one. And it was not a health scare. It was not a brush with death. Thank goodness. It was nothing Mm -hmm. of that sort. It was just becoming aware of that. All of a sudden I just saw life very, very differently. And it it changed my entire view of life. It changed how I show up in life. What's really interesting was, you know, that the, I guess the best way to explain what it was is I realized that I create my life. Every single one of us does. And just because my past routine, as a couple of examples, I always thought I was a night owl. I was born a night owl and it was something I just had to accept. And I didn't think of myself as being an athlete, even though I grew up dancing since the time I was three. Wait, what? Yeah. I was a dancer. Tap, ballet, jazz. Oh my gosh, me too. Oh my God. I even wanted to be a rock head at one point in time. And, and I mean, so and I mean legit seriously, like thought about studying dance and, you know, for college and all that. And, um, and so I, I've always been that, but I never thought of myself as an athlete because I wasn't playing soccer or basketball or running track or, you know, the things that you yeah. know, in my mind categorically meant that I was an athlete. And all of a sudden I had this incredible aha moment where it's, it doesn't matter that I haven't, you know, been a morning person and who says I'm not an athlete. It's, 
no one else's role or responsibility to decide who I am and who I'm not other than me. So that was really big. Um, and so I decided that I was going to become a morning person and, you know, true integrity in life is making a decision about something, choosing something and then doing it. And once you do what you've chosen to do, you, that's you, that's who you are because you actively, you know, selected it and engaged in it. So I'm happy to say that it's almost been two years now that I am officially a morning person. Um, and part of that too, was again, creating an athlete. You know, I, um, as I said, I've grown up, you know, I've always been, um, had an interest in and leaned into wellness and fitness and being healthy and, you know, eating well. But, you know, first it's 80-20 and sometimes it's maybe 50-50, you know, it kind of, it kind of goes through and, and uh, ebbs and flows through life. And, you know, as part of having moved many times over the course of my career, um, what I found was I fell out of a routine. And every time I've moved, you have to reset the routine and reestablish it. And it's amazing how easy it is to forget to establish certain routines. And that's what I had found um, at, on a few instances over the course of my adulthood was as I moved, I would just forget to set up a routine. And when I moved here to Milwaukee, as much as I love and embrace everything about it here, I forgot to really set up a good health and wellness routine. And then around this time that I have this life perspective shift, and again, right around December 2016, it, it, it I was aware at that point that I'd really not been paying attention to my body, my fitness, taking care of myself. And then I made the change to be a morning person. I now the alarm goes off somewhere between 4:45 a.m. and 5 a.m. each day, and I'm on a spin bike every single morning when I'm not traveling, um, you know, for work or or for fun. Um, and then I hit a couple of classes back to back on Saturdays and Sundays, and and decided I'm going to create an athlete. And I have. Um, and then even, you know, to the point where I completed a century um, and 150 mile uh, biking events this summer. Um, so yeah, I've girl. actually, <laughs> so that, that's really been the fullness. Um, you know, my life has always been full of wonderful people in it and a career that I love. And you know, a lot of personal and, and volunteer and, and various pursuits that are, you know, exciting and engaging. But if you're not taking care of yourself, you know, you're missing the fundamental baseline of being able to give to everyone else. And that's when I realized it happened with me was I had just, I, I'd forgotten about it. I'd, I'd lost connection with it. And so the fullness in life has found from reconnecting and being able to put myself and my health and wellness first and being able to make life very full from that standpoint with then everything else in life benefiting from it. Yeah. I just love it. Oh my gosh. There's so many nuggets to what you've said, Andrea. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like one the idea that dan- <laughs> the idea for me that dancers aren't athletes, I totally know that one, and I know there's an age difference between us, but I experienced that as well. Um, and it took me a really long time to realize, like, I am freaking strong, and I can do 
pretty much any athletic thing that I put set my heart to. Um, and the, the idea of through that practice of athleticism, I actually, that's actually where I found myself too. And so, um, through me choosing, like, this is important to me and, you know, cause you, you get into a relationship with people and there's a choice of, you know, the social component of, of life is shifting towards athletic endeavors and it still is a choice to choose you. And a lot of times in those, in those times where you're taking on fitness, you know, or big athletic feats, um, there's a lot of time with yourself and time choosing, okay, I'm going to go run across that bridge 16 times that a lot of other people might not do. Um, so I just, I love everything that you're, you're saying and, and the acknowledgement that no matter how full our life is, there's, there always come times where we fall out of it and we forget and then we remember. And I feel like that's a really human cycle and it's okay. And we can just recommit to ourselves and then start showing back up again, which is cool. Absolutely. And yeah, Rachel, you make such a good point too about the social nature of it because making a big change in your life. And by the way, you both know this, but uh, you know, I'll share this, uh, you know, for everyone too, is um, I've lost 50 pounds in the process. So that was you know, a really exciting thing, but making such a big change and, and putting ourselves first can be just, as you said, a little bit lonely because you start to do things that maybe other people aren't willing to join you for. And yeah. that was something that I just had to say, you know, I, I can't be concerned with what other people think of, of these efforts that I'm taking on behalf of myself. There was feedback. There were people sharing opinions. And in the end, everyone is going to have an opinion. They're none of my business. Um, mm-hmm. I need to just, you know, go to my true north. I need to focus on what I need to focus on. And, you know, then what I did find was first, I had so many friends who were hugely supportive of the effort. And, you know, we've all worked out together. And that was part of it is having this amazing community of friends who I couldn't wait to see every morning at spin class or crew class and, you know, waving hello and, Hey, how are you doing? And doing the catch up like we're doing here, you know, and, and, and being able to share that experience. And then others who maybe didn't lean in so much have leaned in since and said, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired by what you're doing and it's inspired me to make better choices too, and to get more into fitness and to try a spin class. And, you know, it, it's always, I have always find, found that, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone is a incredibly rewarding and, a, and a, it's, it's focuses on your growth. It's very, um, enhancing to life. And, um, I found a lot of friends joining me in it. So it's exciting to be able to say, instead of, you know, let's go for drinks or for brunch, say, let's go for a bike ride, join me for a spin class. And it's happened. It's happened over and over again. So it's fun to be able to see that I can put myself first and I can bring other people with me into that and, and make it more of a social experience than, you know, just about, you know, me taking care of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That ripple effect. I would like to reverse a little bit and ask you, because you talked about that awareness piece that you moved to Milwaukee and you sort of fell out of that routine. 
And it took a while, but then all of a sudden you had the awareness that you were out of that routine. Was there something that sparked that? Like what was what was the difference from before to when you sort of gain that awareness? Because I do think that's very common. A lot of people, they just, you know, they don't, maybe they don't take the time to reflect or it just hasn't occurred to them. So if you were someone who, or if you were making a recommendation to someone who is maybe in a similar situation, like how did you get that spark of awareness? Absolutely. You know, it's different for everybody. And I'm, I will absolutely share what mine was. I mean, some people read a book, some people have a, a major moment that happens. Um, mine was, I chose to take a seminar that was about communication. And I, I went into it with one idea around what I was going to get out of it. And it was about being a better communicator and how I showed up in my communication with other people. Um, it's a, it's a course called landmark forum. And I did that over a three day intensive uh, period. And I came out getting something that was also about communication, but was so many layers deeper than what I thought it was going to be. And it was not just about how I communicate with other people. It was truly about how I show up in life. So everybody has a different instigator and, you know, what works for one person may or may not work for another, but it was the, the, I would say what it was, was, um, it was a three day period where I spent the entire time hearing stories from other people and thinking about things that I had never slowed down enough to think about and consider questions that were part of the seminar, but also could be part of a book that you read or something where you slow down enough to say, let me really consider that. Let me ponder that. What does that mean to me? How do I feel about that? And I just, I really believe that in this world of busy, you know, we talked about, I, I don't like the word busy. It's, you know, not a positive word, I don't think. But in this busy world, that's what we tend to forget is about being present and paying attention to the things happening around us. That's what this, this three-day period allowed me to do. And after that three days, I the best way I can explain it is the world around me had not changed. But when I, before those three days, it was as if I had cataracts. And after those three days, I had had LASIK surgery by the best surgeon there is. All of a sudden, how I viewed everything in life and the opportunities and possibilities within it were completely different than I ever had in the past. And I'm unable to go back to the way I used to see it. I love that. I was going to say, I too went to a landmark forum and advanced and it is, there's a level of permission to start taking care and personal responsibility for your life in that experience and to see other people do it. That's just unlike anything I've ever experienced in such an intense few days. And so that's what I hear you saying is like slow, slowing down enough that you can't outsource your life to what's going on around you. And you really have, you start to realize like, this is mine to do with what I want and what do I want to do with this? Um, so cool. Yes. I had no idea you did it also. I also, yeah. Look at your paths aligning here, ladies. I know. I'm like, okay, we're the same person. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is exactly it. It truly is. You know, you know, leaving there, I just realized there is no expectation. Everybody thinks that, well, I'm supposed to do this. I should do that. I, I have to live up to someone's expectations. I walked away and went, there are none. Every, most yeah. of what we create, most of that is what we've created in our own mind. Nobody yeah. really says you have to do this and you have to do that. And another word I've attempted to retire from my from my vocabulary is the word should or shouldn't, mm-hmm. because I realized again by slowing down and really considering. And my mother is a retired English teacher, so considering the word, you know, busy. <laughs> Um, what does should mean? And should is an external force applying guilt, basically. And I went something, no, there's nothing I should or shouldn't do. I either will or I won't. And it's, it's a choice, but I'm not going to feel like I'm supposed to do something. Um, whereas in the end, it's up to me and, and it's up to everybody. I love that. Yeah. I think we all need to hear more of that. Like that's something we all, I think, you know, for me personally, like constant struggle, like just showing up as who I am and trying to let go of all the shoulds. Like, oh, you should do this. There's this expectation that you should be this person in your career or whatever it may be. And just trying to give myself permission to show up and say like, this is me. This is what I think. This is who I am. And you know, I'll be aware of other people, but I'm not going to apologize for the way I think or the person I am, which is, sounds like you've like mastered that. So bravo to you. (laughs) Bravo to you. Absolutely. I mean, it it really is about, you know, trying to be what somebody else wants you to be won't make you happy and it won't make them happy Mm -hmm. in the end. No. You know, that I have been there in life before. And it that's not what life is about as far as I'm concerned. It's about, you know, we are each given unique and incredible gifts. Um, Rachel, you will get this from Landmark Forum Advanced Course. You know, it it's so much about in my world, everybody wins. In my sir, I want to help everybody else to win. And it's not about me winning and somebody else losing or somebody else winning and someone else losing. It's we are each given unique and special gifts that are different from everyone else on the planet. And it's up to us to figure out what those are and to make the best life we can with them. And I think that's the beautiful thing in life overall is everybody truly sharing the gifts that they've been given. And as as they explore them, you know, as they learn about what they are and as they you know, are able to give back. So it's certainly about sharing and giving and about other people too. You know, I know we're all saying the same thing where it's, you know, when we say being ourselves and being true, it's not each of us alone in a vacuum. It's us within this world and how we show up and, and um, engage with one another. And the best way to do that is to be you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, do you have any tips? Because one area that I feel like we all have a hard time, like we're our biggest self-critic critics and like figuring out what you, you know, what makes you special? Like what is in your secret sauce? Like I feel like a lot of us have a hard time having that reflection to figure out what it is. 
And I know I was actually recently at a continuing education session where they shared, you know, your genius comes in your frustration. Like, where do you get frustrated? Because most likely you're actually really good at something and that frustration is coming from the fact that that's like a part of your special sauce, right? You're probably really good at it. And so maybe you have a hard time understanding why someone else doesn't get what you're saying or why someone else, it doesn't come as easy to them. Do you have any tips from your experience as far as figuring out, you know, what your skill set is or what makes you special? Sure. I, I, and that's, that's a great way to put it in that frustration. That's not something that I'd heard before. So that's something I'll have to explore more. Um, you know, one of the things that I have said to a number of my friends is, um, you know, especially when they're frustrated or they're down or they're being hard on themselves is I wish you could see yourself through my eyes. And so I would say, you know, the first thing is asking people close to you. And and because I've I've done this, I've gotten feedback whether I've asked specifically or whether they've just shared, you know, asking close, you know, close friends and family how they view me. And and because I absolutely have been a perfectionist in life, trying to live up to an unattainable level of of performance and things in life and just and kind of beat myself up you know, when I haven't achieved it and then not given myself the pat on the back that I deserved when I achieved something, you know, really great because I felt like it fell, you know, a few percentage points short of where it could have been. And that also shifted, you know, in the last couple of years with this big, you know, aha moment I had in life. And I think what it is, is, you know, again, getting feedback from people, you know, and it's, I think feedback is different than opinions. You know, people will share opinions about what you're doing, but, you know, having dear friends of mine who I have such great respect for tell me about how I show up in life for them. And that's when I've realized that I have the ability to inspire people. And I love that because I feel like I'm put on this earth to leave it better than I found it, you know, including the people I encounter. So if I can, have a positive impact on them and their lives, then, then my time here has meant something. So I think that's important. Um, and you know, other it's, I think it's also paying attention to, you know, kind of how things happen in life, how, how you flow through life. Part of it, I think is just awareness. Um, you know, do people laugh when you say things that, you know, is a sense of humor or something that's in your, I mean, there's, there's just ways of paying attention and kind of recognizing it. And then when it comes to back to your, your comment about being hard on yourself, it is truly about progress and never about perfection. And that's what I look at. I look at one thing is all I want to do today is do better than I did yesterday. I just want to do my best and progress forward. And sometimes my best today is not as good as yesterday because I'm feeling a little off or whatever the situation may be, but it's the best I can be at that moment. And I can feel good about that. And the other piece I would add to this too is about um, the, I, I absolutely hate comparison. I think a lot of people are hard on themselves when they compare themselves to other people. And 
when you see other people and engage with other people, even including many friends and family, what you're seeing is what they're presenting on the outside. What we aren't necessarily seeing, and it's it's unfortunate, I wish many more of us were, we were more authentic with, you know, here's, here's what's happening in my life kind of thing, as opposed to pretending everything's okay when it's not. But a lot of times you're seeing the public face of somebody. You're not seeing that they're going through a lot of stuff just like you are and just like I am. Everybody's going through stuff in life. And so comparing ourselves to other people, I don't think is a productive way to do it. I think it is back to cheering everybody on, including yourself. Um, having that the the perspective of in my circle, everybody wins. And you know, I always feel great about myself when first I'm taking care of myself. And it doesn't mean perfection. When I first started my pursuit to be an athlete and I got on a spin bike, I wasn't good at it. I probably didn't look good doing it. It did, but it didn't matter. I was doing it. And that's all that that that's all that that mattered. And the community, the fitness community, the friends that I spin with and crew, we're giving each other fist bumps and saying, "Great job. That was awesome. You're doing and by cheering other people on, I feel better about myself. Like I think others feel better about themselves when they're giving other people compliments and cheers and kudos. And it's just, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful cycle. It's you bring up a really cool thing, Andrea, which I'm going to use my own language, um, for it, but you're seeing what's right because, okay. So every day, even though we're focused on us, you know, like the idea is take care of, put your, put your own uh, oxygen mask on first. I was going to say gas mask, put your own oxygen mask on first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yet there, you know, we're living in this world of constant, you know, integrating into the world around us. You know, we don't just sit in these holes, um, by ourselves and, you have a practice of seeing what's right in the world around you, seeing what's right in the people that you meet, seeing, acknowledging what you see that's beautiful and the gifts that are there. Um, and I think when you're in that practice of doing that in the world around you, how can you not in turn have that same practice come back to you? And so um, I think that's a really cool thing that you are living and breathing and actually maybe a cool way for people to even start to see the gifts in themselves by being able to, um, you know, even the person that is maybe so frustrating, what is right up in them? What is beautiful? What is a gift in in what they bring to the world? That practice of being able to see that through all the stuff um, allows you to be able to do that with yourself, too. I don't know. That's what's coming through. No, and I love that. And I I feel like so many of us, like this is something that I've been trying to work on. I think it's easy for us in our heads to think positively towards other people, whether it be what you see maybe, you know, online or whatever it may be. And we don't share it. Like we keep it to ourselves. And it's like, why do we do that? Like even with strangers, like sometimes I know it's like, oh, it's weird. Someone you know, some people may be sensitive towards that, but really like, it's not like, why don't we just share what we're thinking rather than just keeping all the, you know, the positive thoughts to ourselves? Like when you notice something about someone, I feel like, you know, whether it's 
oh, they have really nice shoulders, which is such a weird thing to say, but I'm, I get shoulder envy from other women, <laughs> whatever. Um, or, you know, or like they have a nice smile or like you just have a friendly face. Like you really warm and you made me feel very welcome. Like we just don't take the time to tell people that. Like a lot of times we're like, well, what, you know, we just keep it to ourselves. And I feel like more of us need to put that out there into the world. And then Rachel, to your point, when you do, typically that comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Yes. I hear you wanting to do that for yourself, Janelle. I love I that. I do. I'm trying to really hard. <laughs> like, and without coming off, you know, creepy, but like even just giving like random people that I don't know, especially being in a new town, it's like I notice things about people. Like I'm spending a lot more of my time being on the outside looking in and just like the awareness and how to like share that and not just keep it internally just because I don't know a person very well to be like, hey, yeah, this is actually really special about you. You may or may not know it, but I've noticed it. I feel like I should give you that feedback. Cause feedback truly is a gift. To your point, Andrea, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to get too wrapped up in opinions, but people that really care about you, they'll give you feedback, whether positive or constructive. And it is a gift. It, it's giving you more awareness about yourself. 100%. What each of you said is so true. I, and seeing what's right, Rachel, ab- I love that. I wrote it down. I think that's incredible. And, you know, and yes, Janelle, I think you should. I think you should, you know, when you see some, you know, something or notice something about someone, absolutely tell them. I do this. I've done this a lot. I And I have stepped over and said to I mean, women at the airport, I mean, it's it's probably more women because sometimes we're the ones that I, at least I feel we're very hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I've done this at the public market. I've done this, you know, in all different places, but just walked up and noticed that there's just something so beautiful about somebody, about who they are and everything. But maybe you can also see that they have an expression on their face like they're having a hard day. But you know that like they have such a... a shining personality and they they have such a sparkle in their eye or something and I've stepped over and made that compliment and the look on their face is just it's like they're sort of arrested and surprised and and the response has always been relatively the same oh my goodness shocked that you know that I voiced it and thank you so much that made my day and in the end they may not remember what you say to them, you know, in that compliment specifically, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. And that's what they're going to carry away. So, you know, I think it's great. I mean, I also, I'm, you know, here in Milwaukee for three years now, it's the same thing about how engaging with the community, it's like, that's, that's a great way to, to meet people and get to know people. And what's interesting is, you know, the idea of, like you said, it might feel creepy to do it or something. Um, it, it's not. You're putting out, you know, who you are, and you're sharing it as a gift with them. It won't. It won't come across that way. Yeah, and it's that's so true. And I bet you more people remember exactly it. like the feeling. Yes, but I have a great example of that. I was at a bar studio, and one of the instructors just came up to me, and they're like, "How do you get your hamstrings to look like that?" They're just so defined in tone. Again, very random compliments. But I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Especially. You know, life has been happening and body sizes fluctuating, changing. And just that one comment, it's like the little things even in yourself that you can just hold on to then. And anytime I'm having a 
bad, you know, self-image day now. I remember that comment from someone who I would consider potentially to have a quote-unquote better body type than me or like, you know, I appreciate what their body looked like. And I'm like, but she thought I had good hamstrings. <laughs> and I hold on to that. I like when I'm like, oh, you're just like beating yourself up. I'm like, but those hamstrings though, girl, you got some nice hamstrings. <laughs> I love that story, and you do. So I'll. Oh well, thank you, thank you. It's the deadlifting. (laughs) You you made me me think of a story that happened. You know, as I was on the journey of losing what ultimately was fifty pounds, but I might have been thirty pounds into the weight loss, and I went to a, a business here, you know, in Milwaukee that I frequent often, and. The woman behind the, or I said the young woman behind the desk, I mean, she truly actually is, I think, 20 or 21 years old. And she said to me, oh, like kind of in a surprise, she goes, oh my God, you have great legs. She goes, I guess I've only like really noticed the top half of you, I guess, because the counter and stuff. And she's like, but what? And so she made this like, she goes, you're my like leg idol or something. And I was completely dumbfounded by the compliment. And the reason is, you know, I, each of you know my shape. I mean, I'm, I'm athletic and fit now, but I have, you know, very strong thighs and legs and they've gotten curvier and more fit and defined and all this as, as I've worked out, but I've never considered my legs to be an asset. I always had, you know, considered them to be, you know, okay, just, you know, cover up and play up the, you know, the waist and the up, you know, upper part and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I realized here is a 20 year old and I'm a little more than 20. And, um, she's saying she, you know, that, that I'm her leg goals. And I went, Oh my God. And I don't think it was long after that, that I went and bought a pair of skinny jeans and I've never looked back. And I said, you know something, why am I beating myself up about this? I mean, and that was huge. And if she hadn't said that, it might've taken me longer to realize that I should really you know, embrace the body I have and not criticize it because, you know, something we're, we're able-bodied, we're fit, we're healthy, we're able to, you know, to do the things that we do, you know, working out and all of that, that may not always be the case and it's not the case for everybody. So I should appreciate everything I have just the way it is and the way that, you know, I take care of it. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so easy to, especially with our our physical looks and how they change too. I have had so many instances, especially over the last three years, my body has fluctuated a lot. And I can think back to, it was probably what, over two and a half years ago now, because it was about the time I met my boyfriend, where I was probably my lowest weight I've ever been. But I always was still finding something wrong with myself, something that needed to change. And now being where I'm at today, which is perfectly fine, but I look at those pictures and I'm like, man, if I could just get there again. And then I'm like, no, 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 like hold the phone. Because even when I was there, I was just like, I wanted something more. Like I I wasn't fully satisfied. So it's just like, let all of that shit go and just like be happy with how your body works, how it functions, that I'm able to run, that I'm able to do this, that I'm strong, whatever it may be, but like try to let go of that because it is, it's like no matter where you are, like even when, again, I was like the skinniest I've ever been in my life, I was still unhappy with something. So it's like, you just kind of let that shit go because you can always find something that you want to change. How do you focus on what's good? Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
I, I would love to add because I think that's perfect. I, I always believe that you, every, other people will notice true happiness in a person and find that to be the most attractive thing that draws them to them more than, you know, wow, you know, she has a great butt or he's got great shoulders or whatever it is. If they're not exuding happiness in life and, and, you know, comfort in their themselves, it, it, it's not going to, it's not going to translate. But I think that just being happy with yourself is the most beautiful thing that a person can exude. Well, and like that practice of being happy with yourself, it, it is like a fluctuating thing. It's not a constant, at least for me. Um, and I think Andrea, you brought it up actually like way in the beginning, not related to body, but it's like, you know, you, you, as you are, is going to be, some people are going to love it and some people might not be into it. And like that opinion actually is, is not like, um, what am I trying to say? It's none of your business. That's what I was trying to say. Um, that opinion that other people have is just a projection of their own experience of life. And so, um, you know, your legs, maybe somebody looks at your legs and they think something that you wouldn't want to hear. And then another person, the same exact day and moment looks at your legs and thinks that you're their leg model. And that reminding of like, there are millions of opinions and there is, it is all made up. And so what do I want to focus on and who do I want to be for myself versus um, trying to just be everything to everybody, I think is just a really cool, a really cool reminder. Um, and that some days we're going to feel one way and that's okay. And other days we're going to be able to come back and that's okay too. So. Yes. Preach girlfriend. I love it. <laughs> Rachel always knows how to very beautifully bring it all together. So I would like to go back to your journey. We've been going in and out of it. So you had this awareness piece, you went to this conference, this seminar, and then you had this new perspective. You were different. The world around you was the same. What steps did you start to take? Because losing 50 pounds is, you know, no easy feat. That obviously changing your mindset, <laughs> losing that weight, changing your habits, that takes a lot of work. What steps did you take to get to where you are today, especially at the the initial half of that experience? Yeah. Um, so first was making the, the choice to be a morning person. And so, you know, I work out pretty much every day at Spire Fitness. And so I just said, okay, you know something, I'm going to be an unlimited member. So um, that's one of the things is when, you know, when you take on an unlimited membership, you know, I grew up in Maine and there's just something about like, you know, a New Englander being very value conscious, conscious. It's the same thing in the Midwest, but where, you know, you just want to get the most out of whatever your, you know, your investment is. And I thought, you know, something, I'm going to sign up for class every single morning. And then I can't get up in the morning and cancel it. I mean, I've committed and I have to get up and go. And so that was the first thing was going from working out maybe once a week and not really making any kind of a commitment to it, to getting up every morning and getting to spin class or getting to crew class, whatever I booked that day. Uh, so that was the, that was one of the first pieces of it. Um, the second piece was really looking at what I was eating every day because it, 
it's not so much about the occasional piece of cake that you have because it's somebody's birthday. Um, what it is, is what was I getting at Starbucks, which I'll admit I'm a daily Starbucks person. And, um, but the skinny vanilla latte, even though I had it with, you know, coconut milk or something in it is still a whole cup of coconut milk with some espresso in it. And it was somewhere between 200, 250 calories. And I said, what am I doing that for? How about I get, you know, a venti or even a Trenta um, cold brew and I put a little bit of coconut milk in the top and that right there is about 30 calories. So by making changes to things I was doing every single day, it it generates the compound effect. So the other thing was, you know, when I'm not traveling, I had a a certain place that I would go that's near my office and I would grab like a sushi roll and it, you know, had rice and the whole thing on it. And I don't know what the calorie count was. I never thought about it. I just liked the roll and I got it every day. But, um, I thought, you know, what if I just get the salad that has some spicy tuna and avocado on it? And I did an estimate where I probably was saving 300 calories by making that switch at lunch. So right there, I roughly made a change on my daily habits of 500 calories a day. That right there is 3,500 calories a week and that equals one pound. So if I had done nothing else, but simply made the change to you know my eating habits, that calculation wise is 52 pounds in a year. Now, I, I'm a firm believer in you know balancing fitness with nutrition and doing it both, you know, making efforts in both. And so, you know, the combination had an even greater effect at, you know, being able to lose weight, but also create incredible tone and strength and muscle definition and all of that, which was great. So and then I tracked it on my fitness pal. So I also realized it's pretty easy to forget we're human. Sometimes it's easy to forget that you ate a chocolate chip cookie or forget that you ate it because especially if, you know, you work in offices or if you're running around traveling, you just eat something quickly on the go mindlessly and then don't track it. And so by using my fitness pal and going back, I'd go, Oh, okay, well I have this many calories left. You know, when I wasn't too, too hardcore about it. I was flexible in it, but I used it as a good guidepost and say, okay, well then let me make a choice for dinner that is appropriate based on what else I've eaten over the course of the day. Maybe I should have more fruit. Maybe I should have more protein and let's not go too heavy on calories or carbs or something. So I made decisions that way. And then I took the approach where I think I did this in the past, and I know I hear so many friends share this with me that they find it so daunting where, oh, I need to lose 20 pounds or, oh, I need to lose this. And they think that it's something they have to do all at once, like eating an elephant in one bite. It's, you know, they say the best way to eat an elephant, it's one bite at a time. And I just took it one day at a time. And my approach was, I am going to make a better choice every time I have the opportunity to make one. So in the morning, when my alarm went off, a better choice is to get up out of bed than to hit snooze and go back to sleep. And when I get up out of bed, I'm going to put my clothes on and I'm going to go to spin. And I had my clothes ready and every, like everything was set up. So it made it very easy to get out the door and get to spin class. And then every time I have a choice of something to eat, I'm going to make a better choice than I might have otherwise, or the best choice between the options. And, you know, those choices, like I said, at Starbucks and at lunch, and also it's a choice of, you know, 
maybe if you know if you happen to work in an office, which I do when I'm not when I'm not traveling. Um, you know, just because there's some sort of treat in the office kitchen doesn't mean I'm hungry. So, you know, I was able to bypass some of these things. So I think those are a couple of the things that I was able to do and just focused on making better choices. And I didn't worry about the outcome. I just worried about the journey and my choices along the way. And I have a mentor from, you know, who's been my mentor for many years. Her name also happens to be Andrea. And she said to me, you need to be 100% committed to the effort and 100% detached from the outcome because the outcome has so many other factors involved. Um, and all you can control are the choices that you make and the efforts that you put in. And the outcome will be whatever the outcome is going to be. And in my case, it was greater than I thought it was going to be. I kind of looked at it as I need to lose 40 pounds. I ended up losing 50. Actually, at some point I even went over and above that, but kind of settled back into, you know, the 50, you know, the 50 uh, amount was, was the right amount. And I reached, as we talked about, a level of fitness and shape that I didn't realize that I had in me to create, but I did it just by making better choices and not having some preconceived notions in my mind about it. So part of it was just about letting go as well as just making, you know, the good choices in my daily steps. You make it sound so doable. (laughs) Like I was like, it is, it is like when you said, I, you know, my, my latte. And then I was like, Oh gosh, if she says like, I just did like a tea or a water, but you didn't, you said, so I got a cold brew and still put the coconut milk in there, you know? And I, it, it sounds so like you just, you didn't, totally change your routine you noticed areas where you could make small little shifts and that non-attachment to you know how you were going to look at the end of the week I think those two things together are really important because you're right you know we have this tendency to want to see results at least I do really really fast and so then all of a sudden those small changes that which are actually sustainable changes get foregone for things that aren't sustainable and now you've completely lost, missed the market and now we're into the yo-yo pendulum swing you know yes. and so oh i just i love how how honest and present and simple you have made something be and now the celebration behind it it can be whatever it is and is a celebration the way, the whole way through, not just at the end. And yeah, that, and yeah, there's, it was very, very much like that. I, it, just, as you said, it, it is, it, and it's not about taking things out and taking out the enjoyment. Just as you said, Rachel, it's about, you know, you can still have the traits and the things, but that's not, it, those are the exceptions. And it, I don't miss the things that I took out of life. People think they're going to miss them. I thought maybe I would miss them. I do not miss having the skinny vanilla latte because I'm <laughs> so used to my huge cold brew each morning. That's, that's what I do. So it, I think the other part is we all, and I know this was certainly very, very much the case for me, I had to let go of who I believed I was in order to be who I was meant to be. And so part of it is letting go of the attachment of 
the daily routine and the other things and being open to change. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with any one of us that we have to change. It's just, it's about evolving over time. We are going to evolve over time, but we get to decide how we evolve. And so sometimes you give up one thing, but you, you may not end up missing it for something that's better and better for you. I'm like shaking my head so much over here. I'm like, yes, yes. And I love the point, Rachel, that you brought up. You said celebrating because I think sometimes we forget to do that. We're so used to the quick pace of life and we forget to just pause and celebrate where we are today, what we've done so far. Because we're, again, Andrew, to your point, we're chasing that outcome, we're chasing that outcome, and we're not just celebrating the small little steps and the effort that we're putting in in that moment. So giving ourselves the space to actually reflect and celebrate what we've done so far is so important. Yeah, it's, I also hear a lot of, um, it's so funny because we started this by saying part of how you got here was reestablishing routine into your life, yet there is a permission to be able to break that routine too. Um, and so there's a duality to kind of the enjoyment of life. And this is something that's just coming to me now, but I'm noticing that when there is not a tension, but kind of two things at play that almost feel juxtaposed, but yet when they dance, something really beautiful happens. And so it's that interplay in this specific situation of the routine, but allowing the routine to change with the flow of life. And so it's not about having a routine or not having a routine, um, you know, being flow or being consistent. It's about both. How do you find flow and consistency in a way that allows you to be super present in this moment. There's a, there's an adventurousness to me <laughs> in, in, a, in figuring out how to take two things that feel on the opposite side of the spectrum and allow them to dance a little bit and see where that gets you. Um, and I've heard it a few times in our conversation about seemingly different things and giving the permission for them to exist together and what that can bring to, to life. That's a great way to put it. It's, and it's true. It's so true. It is, it is about the routine and the flow and the openness. And it is, it's, it's one of those things. And, and I will circle back to what we were talking about before about you. We don't know what we don't know. And having those juxtaposed ideas might seem if we immediately, if we just think about it going, okay, well, that's not possible. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. but sitting with it and thinking about it and kind of, and living into it and being open to it, you find it. And, and that's because I think back and go, wow, I remember when I didn't understand how that worked. And, and it, the reason I didn't understand it was I couldn't embrace it and I couldn't let go enough to, you know, be open to the change you know, to make it happen. And then once I was, I realized how beautifully they do fit together. It's a great way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, way and, well, thank you. Um, and in, in the invitation of finding your way through it, right? So like my way of practice and flow is going to look different from your way, which makes it feel really authentic and true and more sustainable then. Because if I'm following your consistency or 
somebody else's flow, like it's just not going to work. And so, um, I don't know. I love, I love the idea that, um, giving myself a, a big question like that, like, how do you find consistency and flow, Rachel? And my answer between those two very different things is going to be really unique for me and therefore, um, more sustainable for me. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm over here like, okay, where else can I do this in my life and start to build, build, um, some shifts that are, are exciting and powerful and inspiring. Yeah. I I, love that. And it's back to, you know, talking before about comparison. That's where, you know, this is such an example of comparison should just, it should never be part of that conversation because how you enact this in your life and how you create it is just, as you said, very different. It's different for all three of us and for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, but we can all still find what is, you know, ideal for us in our life by figuring out what that is. And so, you know, it's, it's the idea that we can all embrace, but how we embrace it is completely different. Yeah. Oh, I love it. My mind's blown over here. <laughs> <laughs> I also like oh, your call out to accountability though, too, because I feel like that, that was, you know, you started with just saying that you're going to sign up for all these classes, you're going to jump on that membership, and then you're going to show up. And I do think that's important too, just to highlight is finding ways to be accountable to yourself and potentially finding other people that are going to continue to, you know, let you take a misstep if you need it, but then eventually encourage you back onto that path that you're supposed to be on or that you want to be on too. Because that's huge for me, just having a, a group of people or even my own triggers, so to speak, that can kind of snap me back into it if I'm starting to stray away from whatever it is I'm trying to do like just getting that accountability to make sure that you you get back on track when it's the right time to do so. Absolutely. Your tribe, as they say, your mm-hmm. vibe attracts your tribe. <laughs> you have the best quotes, Andrea. Like I need I think I've told you this before because we've obviously had a few opportunities to talk about your story and your journey, but I'm like I just need to like make a whole page full of Andrea Foster quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am completely flattered. <laughs> oh, that's too cute. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. So, Andrea, when you hear the phrase um, following your true north, what for you, how do you follow your true north? How do you stay in your true north today? I would say um, it's living boldly as my authentic self. It's, it's making sure that, um, the choices I make are the ones that I know are right for who I am and what I want out of life. Um, it's not worrying what other people think of me. Um, I actually joke about this and I've said my embarrassment level has gone down to near zero. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't, that. I don't, And, um, you know, that's not to say that I don't, you know, present myself appropriately in life. I do, but I, I don't spend time worrying about what someone thinks of, of who I am and how I am being in life, because I know that I am 
being me and I am doing my best. And so I think that's what it is, um, you know, for me. Um, and, and then a hope that what, how I live my life inspires other people to do the same, because I like to, I mean, we are, we're all energy and, you know, I think it's so important. The energy that we put out, um, is so important. And I try to make sure that the energy that I am sharing with the world around me is positive and inspiring so that, you know, someone else might, you know, pick up a little bit of that and then do the same, you know, and kind of pay it forward. So that's, that's what living my true North means to me. Yeah. I hear making choices that inspire yourself. If I was going to like wrap it into a phrase, that's what it sounds like to me. You're making choices that inspire you every single day. And as a result, that of course inspires the world around you. I love how you wrap this up. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know what's in Rachel's special sauce? That's it. That's like her number one. Like she just listens to you and she brings it all together. I'm like, how did you do that? You just recapped what took me 10 minutes to say in a sentence. You've like just wrapped it up with a bow. I'm like, what? Yeah. And we're giving you feedback, Rachel. This is your secret sauce. It's all coming full circle. I I love it. Seriously. I'm blushing with love. Thank you guys. (laughs) Of course. Putting in practice. I was also just thinking during that, I was like, Andrea, you're my spirit animal. I need (laughs) (laughs) I got you both. I love this. It's for real. This is why I'll miss you both so much here in Milwaukee. I know. Yeah. But now that it's getting cold it. there and it's not cold here, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Please, please send some of that our way. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best. I do have a plane ticket home for, for Christmas now. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to know what's going like, what, what's to hit me when I get there. I'll <laughs> to come sweat with us. I know. I was going to say, I will. I will say, I'm going to try to spend one day in the city away from my parents' house. And I will definitely let you know when I'll be back. Because I have, it'll be a very productive day that day. I'm going to try to say hi to everybody. I love it. Perfect. I look forward to that. Yeah. Well, ladies, awesome. anything else that we want to cover? Or that you'd like to add, Andrea? Um, I think, um, you know, looking back, um, you know, I just, it, it's interesting. I, I wish that I had found this, you know, as, as we're calling it, you know, our, my true north. I wish that I had had the aha moment so much longer ago, but I'm so pleased that I had it when I did. And maybe... I was supposed to have it at that moment in time. But I think, um, you know, just the openness, I mean, being open has been a, it has been something, you know, it's allowed me to receive such incredible gifts. And I think that's, um, you know, something that I would share is I would not have had this aha moment and this huge life perspective shift had I not been open to the suggestion of a, a who's someone who's become a dear friend of mine, but I had known her for only six months when she said, Andrea, I, I see how successful you are and how much you've achieved in life, but I can also see that there are things that you want to achieve, but that you perceive there to be barriers and obstacles in front of you that actually don't exist. And I encourage you to take this particular course. So, you know, I did that. 
And that's all she had to say to me. And I said, I'm in. How do, how do I do this? Where do I do this? And it was the openness. So whatever the the door is for everyone out there, whatever that portal is, you know, reading a book that a friend recommends or whatever it might be, just being open to that opportunity to kind of step through a door, to learn something new and to, you know, consider something that maybe you don't know that you don't know. Uh, because the gifts that you get on the other side, and I speak from my personal experience, the gifts that I've received are ones that I never imagined were even possible. And I realize that I am have grown into the person I've me- I was meant to be and continue to grow into the person I am meant to be in the future um, as a result of being open to, you know, you know, to the, the things that have crossed my path. And mm. so I think, um, I think that's, that's I love that. I love that because I mean, what's one thing that we can know for sure is that as long as we're alive, there is going to be opportunities all around us, whether it's through books or conversations or travel and new people that we meet, or even, you know, the same person that you see every day that you acknowledge in a different way than you had before that openness to having a, a, a whatever comes your way be a part of your life and that that's actually a vehicle to getting to know yourself that's so doable and and that that is going to be something that continues to allow you to stay in a place of um, continuing to to know yourself. I, I love the simplicity in that. Andrea, you literally like take these big things that are like, how would you do that? And you're just like, you just do this. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I know. When we first talked about this, I was like, man, just how do I channel that? Cause it is, you just make it sound so simple. And, and I mean, really, I, it probably is more simple than we all make it out to be. But to your point, it's like you just have to make a choice. You have to let go of any like perceived barriers because most of the barriers out there are internal <laughs> and in mindset. And then you just like you make it happen. You mold your own world, which is so true. Absolutely. Love it. You are wonderful. You're wonderful, Andrea. Thank mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. I, and so energizing. Oh my- Such a good conversation. Makes me want to go conquer the world. Oh, well, I'm so glad to share this time with you. Thank you so much. I mean, this has just been incredible. I love connecting with you both. So this is a gift yeah. for me. Oh, thank you. Glad we made it happen. Finally. Yes. <laughs> like me five too. months later. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andrea, if anyone is interested in being able to connect with you or reach out to you with any questions they have, is there a good place that they'd be able to do that? Sure. Yeah. My um, Instagram page is public and it's cool. at Andrea K M Foster as in Andrea Catherine May. So oh, a Andrea pretty. K M. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes too. So um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. What a fun, I'm like, I came into this so tired and now I'm like, all right, world, what are we going to do? Energizing <laughs> every time. All of our inspirational yeah. guests, I'm like, I get done and I'm like, how yeah. can I, how can I do it all now? But I'm not going to, cause my yeah. goal is still more chill. To chill out. <laughs> <laughs> all the chill. And there you have it. 
that was Andrea Foster just dropping some serious knowledge and life experience on us. It's been fantastic getting the opportunity to catch up with her. We hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. For more from Rachel and I, you can check us out on Instagram at the True North Collective underscore, or you can continue listening to this podcast, maybe even leaving us a little review. This has been the True North Collective podcast, where we get to have conversations with everyday people who are fearlessly finding their true north. Until next time.